Listen to every MLB game live. The deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. This is the pregame show, your early morning shot of sports on 95.7 The Game. Yes, sir. Good morning, family. Stephen Langford in on the pregame show. Hope you're all having a terrific Wednesday, and I'm going to be honest, there was a time yesterday where I had to ask what day it was, and yesterday it felt like a Thursday. Yesterday it felt like a Thursday. Don't know why. Don't know why. Turns out it's Wednesday today, (laughs) but yesterday it felt like a Thursday, but yesterday we didn't have many live sports. We didn't have a lot of live sports to, 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 to watch there. We didn't have a football game. We didn't have... You know, we had a couple of basketball preseason games here and there, but really, I mean, what do we really care about any other team's preseason besides the Golden State Warriors? But we did have the American League Division Series, excuse me, the American League Wild Card, damn it, that leads to the American League Division Series as the Red Sox are going on to face the Rays. Going to be a very, very good matchup. But I do want to just go through this and, and give you a little recap because I do think that that game that we saw yesterday was an indicator to what the Giants are going to need to do to succeed. Now, before we get to one of the... I don't know whether to laugh or cry at the play-by-play call. So before we get to that, which happened in the top of the first, and if you haven't heard it yet, stick around right here because you will hear that. But, man, watching how crazy Boston was going... When Xander Bogarts leads the game off in the bottom of the first with a two-run home run. 2-1 pitch. Bogarts sends a drive to center field and deep. Gardner turns around and watches it fly! The sixth home run allowed by Garrett Cole at Fenway Park this year in less than 17 innings. Seeing how crazy the crowd was going when... They were just, when they hit a two-run home run, when they were up 2 nothing. seeing how crazy the crowd was going, seeing that you could tell Garrett Cole, who was the starting pitcher for the New York Yankees, you could tell Garrett Cole was just thrown completely out of rhythm after that. Thrown completely out of rhythm. Didn't know what to do. He gave up the walk to, to Devers, and then Bogarts ends up hitting the home run. Fans are going crazy. Then you fast forward to the second, and there was a double that was given up. But that's all that Garrett Cole would do. 
he'd only go two innings. He'd give up those three earned runs, and and he'd start that in the third. He wouldn't even last through the third because Kyle Schwarber did this. Oh, high and deep out to right field. Judge back and watching, and it's gone. He got him as a Cub in 2015, and he got him as a Boston Red Sox tonight. On a 1-2 count, Schwarber would hit that home run, makes it 3-0 Boston. Then former Dodger Kike Hernandez would hit a single on the first pitch. Then on a 3-2 count, on a battle of an at-bat, Rafael Devers would end up walking with a full count, and that was when Garrett Cole would walk off of the mound and Aaron Boone would come out and have to replace him. And I think that that has so much to do with the home crowd and how they were reacting. Did anyone see that Xander Bogart's home run in the way that the fans immediately just started chugging whatever beer was in their hand? Like, that's the type of energy Oracle Park is going to need, not just in a one-game playoff, because, you know, naturally fans are going to go crazy like that in a one-game playoff, but... Fans need to be like that through the five games, the entirety of the series, however long they're going to be playing at home games. But, man, the crowd can absolutely play a factor into this game. Now, I will say this, too. The Red Sox also played terrific defense. The cutoff, hitting the cutoff to get Aaron Judge tagged out at home plate on a bang-bang play, that's the type of thing that could change the entire complexion of the game. While at the same time, you just continue to score runs. Now, Xander Bogarts hits the two-run homer, Schwarber hits the solo homer to make it 3 nothing, and then it just turns into the Alex Verdugo show. Moments of the regular season. That's into the corner and potentially trouble. It is a fair ball. Was waved. Now he was stopped. We're going to have a play at the plate. It's too late. Red Sox third base coach Carlos Fables got caught in between there. First he stopped him, then he sent him, and it all worked out okay for the Sox. And that is goes to show you there, with the lead that they had, it was a three-one lead. But in the top of the sixth. When Anthony Rizzo homers to make it three to one, Aaron Judge gets on the uh, gets on base, and then Giancarlo Stanton ends up getting another hit. Stanton was fantastic in this game, going three for four. But you get Aaron Judge out at home plate; it changes everything, everything. And at that point, it just felt like the game was lost because Nathan Eovaldi was pitching a terrific game for the Red Sox. I thought he was fantastic last night, going five and a third innings with one earned run and eight Ks. But you need to play crisp defense. The crowd needs to be in it. And then you just need to continue to put runs on the board like the Red Sox did because Alex Verdugo, with the bases loaded, yet again comes through. Into the gap in left center field. Schwarber scores easily. Kike right behind him. Throw into second where Verdugo is out, but not before the damage is done. It ends up being a 6-1 ball game at that point. Stanton would hit a, a home run, really. I, I guess what would you call that? It, I mean, it's top of the ninth. They're up 6-1. You want to call that a you want to call that a garbage time home run? <laughs> I guess that's what you'd call it. But Watching the Yankees lose, I'm not going to lie to you. 
watching the watching the Yankees lose, I don't know if there's any other team in in sports personally that I like to watch lose more than the Yankees. Before, prior to that, it was the Detroit Red Wings. Just because of how how dominant they were throughout my entire childhood being a Sharks fan and leading up to the point where now they're one of the worst teams in the league, I've kind of gotten used to it. But with the Yankees and knowing how high their payroll is in this specific sport, in baseball, where there's no salary cap, whether it's a a hard cap like in football or a soft cap like in basketball, there's no salary cap. So teams can spend as much as they want. And when you spend the money on guys like Garrett Cole and Aaron Judge, and you got these guys like Brett Gardner and Glaber Torres, Gio Urshela, Joey Gallo. I can't stand Joey Gallo from the Rangers, although he totally picked it up. And yesterday, I think that he uh, was not ready for the postseason atmosphere that he hasn't uh, that he hadn't witnessed in in Texas because Gallo has actually been a much better hitter ever since getting traded over to the New York Yankees. But he ended up going over. The only guys who really did anything were Rizzo, Judge, and Stanton. But I think if you just look at this game as a whole and realize what the Red Sox did in order to win the game, which was get hits throughout the lineup, get on base throughout the lineup, work these guys into deep counts, get to their starting pitcher, play crisp defense, all at the same time with having the crowd backing you. That's exactly what the Giants are going to need in the NLDS, depending on who they play. I mean, I, I do have some thoughts on who they will, who I want them to play in just a second, but I do want this to be the. I do want this to be the crowning moment on this game. I do want this to be the 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 apex here. Now, in the top of the first. And listen to the ESPN call first. But at the top of the first, Giancarlo Stanton crushes one. And I think everybody thought that it was going to be a home run over the Green Monster. And a guy who has struggled mightily looking. Oh, he got another one. He got another one. No, it's off the monster. (laughs) So that's how you'd expect... A call, a play-by-play call, when there's a home run that it looks like it's a home run, but it ends up going off the top of the wall, off the monster, and ends up being a single. That's how you'd expect the play-by-play call to go. But, look forward to the Yankees broadcasters. It was a little bit of a different story. The pitch to Stanton. There it goes. Deep left, it is high. It is far. It is gone. Out of the ballpark. A Stantonian home run. Now, wh- what, did, what did I do wrong? What did I see wrong? He's at first base. <laughs> oh, man. And I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. Now, John Sterling from the New York Yankees, and if you listen to Steiny Guru, Guru and Dibs at all, you'll know that their baseball segment that they do when they go around the league and play a bunch of highlights, you'll know that Mr. Matt Steinmetz does not like John Sterling's The Yankees win! But John Sterling has had a very tough go of it uh, this season because that Stanton non-call there, and I'll play it one more time, but that Stanton non-call reminded me of something earlier that happened in the season. Now, we got to remember that these guys aren't calling it from the booth at the game. They are away. 
basically looking on a TV monitor, trying to do play-by-play from there. But here's John Sterling from earlier on this season when he thought Aaron Judge hit a home run. Here's Judge. Man, the breaking ball is hit in the air to deep left. That ball is high. It is far. It is gone. Unfortunately, that was a replay of the home run. But it was a good replay. Hey, I'm sorry. It's on the monitor. What what am I supposed to do? This is a great way to do a game, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) I don't know which one I like more. The pitch to Stanton. There it goes. Deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Out of the ballpark. A Stantonian home run. Now, what did, what did I do wrong? What did I see wrong? He's at first base. You didn't see the ball go off the top of the green monster. That's what that's what you did wrong there. But I can't I can't knock him for all of it. It's just funny to hear that. And you know, poor guy, we're laughing at his expense. But hey, when I heard that yesterday, everyone was fooled. Everyone thought that Giancarlo Stan hit that thing off the top of the green monster. Everyone. Everyone, everyone thought that it was going to be gone, but then it ends up being the longest single that you've ever seen in your life. Now, Giancarlo Stanton, I, <laughs> this dude's been fantastic. I, I, I do have to say that. It feels like every single, uh, every single day there's been something unbelievable that Stanton does. This dude hits the ball harder than anybody in baseball damn near baseball history. I don't know. I'm not going to go that far because they weren't tracking StatCast back then, but it's hard to imagine that a lot of guys hit the ball harder than he has, and he has just been unbelievable really since the beginning of August. John Carlos Stanton, a lot of fun to watch when he actually stays healthy, and it's no knock on him. He was fantastic yesterday. It's just the rest of his teammates couldn't pick him up and and, and get Yovaldi. From the 510. Stephen from Hercules, Jolie Gallo's dead, my cousin Vinny from the 925. Nothing better than the Yankees and the San Francisco Giants losing. We'll see if you can experience that, 925. From the 415, the Patriots. Yeah, the Patriots are right there too. But at this point, without that combination of Bill Belichick and Tom Brady, I don't get that same satisfaction watching them lose. I don't get that same satisfaction seeing... You know, it's there was something about watching Brady lose, if he ever did, which was very rare. Uh, but there was something satisfactory about it when they were with the Patriots and when they were doing the cheating. I'm kind of over that now. From the 408, how can it not be the Dodgers? Unreal. I think I know who that text is coming from. But look, the Dodgers have not been dominant my entire life. They haven't been dominant my entire life. The Yankees have. The Yankees have, and they haven't even been to a World Series since 2009. Since 2009. And that's going to lead me to the next segment, which is, as we do every Wednesday, the doghouse. We were always talking about that doghouse with Kyle Shanahan. Brandon Ayuk was in it this year. Dante Pettis was in it when he was a 49er. So I thought, hey... I'm going to create my own doghouse where we go around not only the world of sports, but around the world of pop culture as well, as I put people in Nice Guy Steven's doghouse. Who is in your doghouse for this week at 888-957-9570? That's 888-957-9570 if you want to call or text in. Who is in your doghouse for this week on 95.7 The Game? Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League 
best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at Bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Stephen Langford in with you. 95.7 The Game. Now, this segment, this is the doghouse segment. This is the time... Because Kyle Shanahan has this doghouse. And it's not even just Kyle Shanahan. It's every it's every head coach, every manager, no matter what sport. But any time that a player is not playing as much as we think he should, or if we think that this coach is mad at a certain player, if, they think, if we think they don't have a great relationship, we always say that that specific player is in that coach's doghouse. So you know what? Why can't we... The people have a doghouse of our own. So that's why we do the doghouse. 888-957-9570. Get them in at the text line or the phone number. Who is in your doghouse for this week? I got quite a few here as we go around the world of sports and around the world of pop culture. But coming up next at 535, by the way, we'll be going through my top five list leading up to the National League Division Series. My top five of the San Francisco Giants last, uh, excuse me, yesterday, I was going to say last night, yesterday did my top five starts from starting pitchers. Today, my top five home runs for the San Francisco Giants this season. So that'll be coming up at 535. But let's get to it. This is The Doghouse. I got to tell you, it ain't no fun being in the doghouse. It ain't no fun. From the 415, co-workers leaving the faucet on when they walk from the sink to the fridge in the back. We're in a drought. <laughs> Those co-workers are in the doghouse. You know what's in the doghouse for me? And this is before I actually get to uh, the people in sports who um, are actually in the doghouse here. But in the doghouse, the internet. I'm not going to specify a, a specific company. I'm not going to. Uh, I'm not going to get into any details. It's just the internet. The internet's in the doghouse for me. It wasn't working all day yesterday. Had to just go straight from my phone without using Wi-Fi. Was able to. Was able to work through it. But the internet. The internet right now is in my doghouse. Will it? Will it come out of the doghouse next week? Will I let it out the doghouse next week? I already got Machine Gun Kelly and Conor McGregor both fighting in the doghouse so far. They haven't been able to make it out yet. (laughs) I put them in there week one. But the internet, that's the number one thing that's in my doghouse this week. That's the number one thing. But this may be the obvious answer. And this is a guy who I've just been so confused by. And not just him as a person, but the hiring of him, how they've hired the coaching staff around him, the front office. But the Jacksonville Jaguars, it 
felt wrong hiring Urban Meyer. Something didn't feel good when that happened. And now we're seeing all of the stuff that's popping up with Urban Meyer, where he's back in Ohio, he's sipping on margaritas, and he is... How should I how should I put this here? Interacting with young women who aren't his family. And now he puts out this apology and he apologizes to the players. Hasn't even won a football game yet, but Urban Meyer right now is totally in the doghouse and Trevor Lawrence, the number 1 overall pick. I mean, this dude, there is something to hampering a young quarterback's development. There is something to building a franchise, an organization, which just isn't right for the quarterback. And that's what he's facing right now. And according to that, and, 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 and going back to that Thursday night football game from last week with the Jags and the Bengals, Trevor Lawrence is doing all he can to win these football games. But you have this entire distraction surrounding the team with Urban Meyer and his actions and what he did. I don't know how much longer he's even going to be with the Jacksonville Jags. Now, they've just done a terrible job at handling it, but Urban Meyer, dude, you're in the doghouse, and there's one word that I can use to describe Urban Meyer, and I think that it's I think that it's pretty appropriate. He's slimy, man. And it's been that way. It's been that way going back since Florida to Ohio State. Slimy. That's the way I'd use to descri- that's the word I'd use to describe uh, Urban Meyer. You know, it, it, you can go to the Nickelodeon wildcard game or wherever they're going to be broadcasting a football game on Nickelodeon. I think it's the wildcard game. They might even be doing that earlier on in the uh, in the NFL season. But instead of sliming somebody, they're just going to pour a bunch of pictures on Urban of Urban Meyer on those players instead of sliming them. That's the idea. Just came up came up with that off the top of the dome. Young Thug, his next album is going to be called not Slime Talk, not the sequel to Slime Talk or the whatever, the threequel to Slime Talk, whatever you want to call it, but Urban Meyer Talk. That's going to be Young Thug's new album. (laughs) So stupid. Next up in my doghouse, it's Joey Bosa. And you may be wondering why, but I thought about this yesterday. And Joey Bosa, because I rewatched some of these highlights, and Joey Bosa had this to say about Derek Carr after the game when they uh, beat him on Monday Night Football. Uh, we knew once we hit him a few times, he really gets shook. And, and you saw on, on CeCe's sack, he was pretty much curling into a ball before we even got back there. So great dude, great player. He's been having a great year. But we know once you get pressure on him, he kind of shuts down and he's not as effective with the crowded pocket. So uh, that, was, that was the key to it. And I was trying to be realistic about it. And yesterday I was on the air here and I was saying, you know, there is a sense of truth to that. And sure, there still is. But also, he's just saying that out of spite because Derek Carr, even with a hand in his face, was able to throw a strike to Hunter Renfro when Kenyon Drake, when Derek Carr was in the shotgun and Kenyon Drake was lined up to the left. Kenyon Drake was going for the block, absolutely cracked Bosa, and Carr had enough time to throw it to Darren Waller in the end zone to make it 21-14. to That press conference and all those comments, everyone's laughing. <laughs> but really, come on, man. Come on. Be realistic here. Derek Carr has been very, very good this season. And sure, there was that one final play at the end of the game, but I thought Derek Carr had a pretty good explanation for it. Talking about going through his progression, seeing that none of these guys were open. That's just salt. That's just salt at the at the podium. 
That's also what I'm seeing. That's what I, that's what I was hearing from Joey Bosa there. So Joey Bosa, you're in the doghouse and sticking in that same vein, <laughs> sticking in that same sticking in that same category. It's John Gruden. It's John Gruden. Why are you constantly going to? Why are you constantly going to Josh Jacobs when Josh Jacobs is hurt? <laughs> Why are you trying to establish this run which isn't there and just running these short yardage plays in the first half? If you open things up like you did in the second half, then maybe they would have had a shot. But with how bad they've been on these in these first quarters compared to last season, where it felt like it was, yeah, they'd get a score on the opening drive, and then it's the rest of the game, which is a little suspect. It's complete opposite this year. And what do they run in those first quarters of the game? They run all the scripted plays that John Gruden creates. So, John Gruden, you're in the doghouse for your play calling. Speaking of head coaches within the AFC West, Vic Fangio. And I'm sure you all heard this already, but I'm going to play this for you yet again. We saw what happened when John John Harbaugh wanted to get the record for yards, for rushing yards, with Lamar Jackson there at the end of that game against uh, against the Broncos. But here were Vic Fangio's comments after the game. Uh, did you have a problem with the last play that Baltimore ran? Yeah, I thought it was kind of bull****, but I expected it from them. You know, I've 37 years in pro ball, I've never seen anything like that. So, But it was to be expected, and we expected it. Why did you expect it from them? Because I just know how they operate. You know, they, that's just their you know, mode of operation there. Player safety is secondary. Are you really going to say in the 37 years that you've been in the league that you've never seen something like that? That you've never seen something like that? Just salty that he lost. That's Vic Fangio right there. Just salty that he lost. <laughs> they wanted to go over 100 for the game. So what? You were losing. You were down 23-7. to I really, I find it hard to believe that in the 37 years that you've been working in this league that you haven't seen anything like that. Haven't seen anything like that. Who do we got here? From the 574. Also, Boone is in the doghouse for the Yankees. It is unacceptable for them to not be in the postseason for that roster with the amount that they spend. And I'm glad you brought that up because the Yankees payroll for this season. (laughs) I mean, they're number two on the list. They're number two on the list right now. They're paying $141 million for the 26 people on their roster. And they can't get past them in the wild card game. Can't get past them in the wild card game. Absolutely. Aaron Boone, Brian Cashman. I know Brian Cashman has won a lot of championships with them, and he's been around with them for a long time. But they haven't done anything since 2009. The Red Sox have absolutely owned them since then. Knocking them out in 2018. Aaron Boone and company, you're in the doghouse for this week. Oh, from the 510, this is interesting. Robbie Gold is in the doghouse. Why is it when the Niners play Seattle, he's always hurt? From the 510, Shanahan's in the doghouse. I need more aggressive play calling and stop being so much of a diva. That is from DJ. I'm not going to put Kyle Shanahan in the doghouse for the play calling. I'm going to put him in the doghouse for this week. For his lack of decisiveness when it comes to the starting quarterback. 
Because this type of stuff, one theme with that 2019 season, we always talk so much about, you know, the run game, the defense, the coaching, everything that was happening on the field. Hell, special teams too. But one thing we never really talk about in 2019 is how there were no distractions. There were no distractions. Sure, there were people coming after Jimmy Garoppolo and wondering if he's the right starting quarterback, but really, who else were you going to go with at the time? But in 2019, there wasn't any distraction at all. It was solely focused to what's going on on the field. And the Warriors are kind of the exception to this, but if there's not a bunch of if there's a bunch of off the off the court, off the field drama, normally that ends up in turmoil and it doesn't end in a Super Bowl appearance. That's what we're seeing this year, and that's what I think Kyle Shanahan's in the doghouse for is that lack of decisiveness because it's creating all this friction among the media, the fan base, as well as what's going on with the team right now. As well as what's going on with the team. Now, sure, his play calling has, has not been that great. But also, we saw that play with Trey Lance to Debo Samuel, where Debo Samuel had more yards of separation from the defender since this play with Tom Brady and Chris Hogan back in 2018. Like, that's how wide open Debo Samuel was. You can combine the play calling along with the threat of Trey Lance being able to run, as, long, as well as the blown coverage that had to do with that. So I'm not going to do it in the doghouse for play calling, but I am going to put him in the doghouse for the lack of decisiveness at the quarterback position. And the last one on this list, Kyrie Irving. Kyrie Irving, what are you doing? You're just you're just digging yourself a hole right now. You really are. <laughs> like like Andrew Wiggins, I know he he was kind of forced into doing something that he didn't want to do and he didn't really seem okay with it, but He ended up getting the vaccine, and now we're going to put an end to that conversation, and we could just focus on what's going on on the court. Not off the court. That's all they're talking about in Brooklyn right now. That's all they're talking about in Brooklyn right now. All the the off-the-court issues. They're not talking about what's going on on the court. That's never good for an organization. Never good for an organization. That'll do it for the doghouse for this week. I feel like that was a fun one. We're getting a lot more participation here. So we'll continue every Wednesday, 5.15. We're going to put people in our doghouse for this week. Because if these coaches, if these head coaches and managers can have a doghouse, so can we. So can we at 5.15 in the morning on 95.7 The Game with some radio host. All right. Coming up next, going to go through my top five Giants home runs from the 2021 season because (laughs) there were a lot hit and trust me it's hard to whittle it down to just five but I do believe that these five home runs had a big impact on the season and we're just and a couple of them were actually ones that are just personal favorites of mine so we'll get to all of those next but I want to know from you at 888-957-9570 if you are a Giants fan who do you want? Who do you want? Cardinals or Dodgers? Cardinals or Dodgers? Who do you want? 888-957-9570. That's the text line or the phone number. Stephen Langford in on the pregame show. 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Now, the Giants, Stephen Langford in with you, by the way. Now, the Giants didn't exactly hit 
the most home runs in the major leagues, but they did within the National League because you're not going to beat the Blue Jays with 262 home run win, home runs total. You're not going to beat them with that. That's that's a lot of home runs. <laughs> that's a lot. However, with this giant season in the 2021 year, there's been so much that's just been unprecedented. 241 is easily a record set in the uh, in the regular season for the franchise. And throughout this week, we've been doing top five lists here on the pregame show. So yesterday, did my top five starts from starting pitchers. And today, wanted to go through, you guessed it, the top five home runs for the San Francisco Giants. So, without further ado, out of the 241, I mean, there's been, sheesh, there's been a lot of them. There was a lot to go through. Now, granted... This is my own personal list. I want you to remember that. These aren't going to be... This isn't the definitive five best home runs of the season for the San Francisco Giants. No, no, no. But these are the five ones to me that stick out more than a lot of the other ones. Now, at 888 I do ask you at the text line or the phone number, since you know this is the top five list, and I'm not going to just ask you to, 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 to just come up with a top five list and have you weigh in. I'm not going to have you do that. I just want one simple answer from you at 888 Who do you want? Dodgers or Cardinals? Who do you want the Giants to face come Friday? In the NLDS, who do you want? Giant or Dodgers, Cardinals, triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. But without further ado, here is the top five list of top five home runs for the Giants in twenty twenty one. Let's give it a little. Let's give it a little sugar, shall we? Number five. Number five on my list. Now this may not seem like much, but I go back to. April 20th, 420, (laughs) earlier on this year. I go back to April 20th because Buster Posey, right? We didn't know how he was going to do with a year off. We didn't know whether he was going to come back. Remember that? Remember before the season, by the time April came around, we're thinking, "Ah, you know, I don't know what Brandon Crawford's going to look like. I don't know what Brandon Belt's going to look like. I don't know what Buster Posey's going to look like. And Buster Posey has himself a two-home run game. Now, it wasn't the first home run that was as impressive as this one, but Buster Posey, it was a high and inside fastball. It was 98 miles an hour, and he turns on it and crushes it to left field. Buster hits a high drive to left. He's done it again. Out of here. On a high fastball. And the reason that's number five on my list is because that was the time where I'm thinking, oh, Buster Posey's, he's back. (laughs) Buster Posey is looking like a different player because I hadn't seen him catch up to a fastball in that fashion. And it was already April 20th, so we're, you know, barely even a month into the year. In that second home run of the game, how often had we seen him get a multi-homer game? He was being, he was hitting in a way which had everybody tweeting out certain things like, he hasn't done this since 2012, he hasn't done this since 2014. And he had that two homer game. That's when you're thinking, okay, Buster Posey. Buster Posey. There's something there with Buster Posey. So that's number five on my list. Let's get to number four. Number four. Now, this guy, not on the team. <laughs> He's not on the team right now. However, 
he is known for a couple of the biggest plays that I think... Not the biggest plays, but he's known for the biggest play to happen in the season, and that was, of course, him robbing Albert Pujols of that home run. And not only that, because Mike Talkman ended up getting added to the team, but it was when the Giants were down uh, against the Rangers, and it was Sammy Long's first start. Excuse me, Sammy Long coming into the game, and he didn't get the start because they ended up going with the opener and had Zach Littell in. But Sammy Long was going to be the guy going who they just called up, and... Mike Talkman was in a 3-for-32 slump against right-handers going into this one and manages to hit a grand slam to make it 6-4 to four against the Texas Rangers back on June 8th. 3-1. Down the right field line, deep into the corner. It's a grand slam! Mike Talkman with a laser beam into the right field corner for a grand slam to turn this game around, and the Giants are ahead 6-4. to four. What a moment for Talkman. And I just remember that grand slam. Credit NBC Sports Bay Area for all this audio, but I just remember that grand slam happening, and I was like, damn. That was huge, especially in a time in the middle of June when they needed to get these wins against a team like Texas, too. They absolutely needed to get these wins. And Mike Talkman hitting that grand slab, giving him the go-ahead lead there. I just remember that happening and thinking, damn, that was huge. That was huge. All right, let's get to number three on the list of my top five home runs for the Giants in this 2021 season. Number three. So, Brandon Belt back in August. He had that big four-for-five day and then revealed after the game that... His grandma had passed away, and he's going to be dedicating that season for her. Then you fast forward uh, a month later, and the Giants are at the point where they have 235 home runs on the season, which was tied for the franchise record. And then who else but Captain Belt to hit number 236 for his second of the game against Colorado. Ball, one strike count. The infield backed up, normal depth. That ball is hit high and deep to right field. A soaring shot. Second deck. Goodbye. And the Giants have gone ahead 4-2. to two. <sighs> Getting that 236th home run, setting a franchise record, and doing it toward the end of September. Just amazing for the Giants. Now, again, they would finish with 241 on the season. But Brandon Belt, with the way that he was hitting in his final 51 games before he ended up getting hurt and uh, fracturing his hand. Well, he didn't fracture his hand. The pitcher technically fractured his hand. But in the final 51 games of the season for him, he'd hit 21 homers. <laughs> that's, that's unbelievable. 21 homers for Brandon Belt. And I think he just changed everyone's mind about him. Everybody's. All right. That was number three on the list. Let's get to number two. Number two. Oh uh, yeah, we're going with Doctor Reed. We're keeping it. We're keeping it on track here uh, with the morning roast. And number two. I mean, it's a toss up. It's a toss up here. But Wilmer Flores hitting the go ahead home run against the Dodgers during that crazy series. That ball is hit high and deep left field. It's on its way. Adios, Pelota. What a moment for Wilmer Flores. And what a way to get his first ever hit against Kenley Jansen. He was 0 for his career against Kenley. And then 
Wow. Three to two Giants. So you'd get that situation where Oh man, who was the who was the hitter on the Dodgers? Was it was it Will Smith who or, or was it Austin Barnes, who was the one who hit the go-ahead home run off Tyler Rogers in Game 1? Whoever it was. But then it was Kenley Jansen who came in the next couple of games. And the Dodgers, even though he'd given up that go-ahead home run to Flores, would bring him out the next day, and they'd still lose in that series. And that's where everything changed. But Wilmer Flores, with that go-ahead home run to make it 3-2, to two, even though they probably shouldn't have been in that position... And Wilmer Flores, by the way, has been one of these players where no, he's not gonna he's not gonna give you some crazy average. You know, for his entire career, he's averaged a two sixty seven uh, a batting average, which you know is pretty on par. His highest in his career is three seventeen. That was back in twenty nineteen with Arizona. But prior to that, two sixty seven, two seventy one, two sixty seven, two sixty three, two fifty one. And this year, he hit two sixty two along with eighteen home runs. And it feels like a lot of those home runs were hit when the game was in a lull. And the Giants, you know, they may have gotten to a big lead, and it could be just a solo shot to make the game four zero. But then toward the end of the game, the other team starts to come back and they squeeze it to one run. And then, you know, the Giants end up getting the win. And you think, damn, that Wilmer Flores solo home run actually had some implications on the game. But that go-ahead home run against the Dodgers, there was none bigger than that out of the 18 for Wilmer Flores. But the final home run here, and I think you all know where I'm going with this, but it was when... The Giants were down to the Diamondbacks at home. The Diamondbacks failing to even get a win at Oracle Park. Thought they were going to here when they got up to a 7-0 lead early. And then when it was an 8-5 ball game, Mr. Mike Yastrzemski comes in in the bottom of the 8th and does this for his moment of the season. There's a high drive to right. Is it fair? Down the line. It is have come from seven to nothing behind and Yastrzemski has put them ahead <laughs> that thing I mean that would that had to have been the farthest home run hit for the Giants other than Austin Slater who you know crushed one to the left for like 480 feet that was technically the longest home run uh in terms of numbers but this one it felt very Bondsian with not only that home run in the clutch situation that it was in with getting that grand slam. And <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine how Diamondbacks fans were feeling at that time. But it was the strut. It was the follow through on that home run. That swing, because it was a low and inside pitch. And he gets that arm out, those arms extended on the follow through. Then he struts as he knows that it's gone. What a moment there for Mike Yastrzemski. And I've totally botched this, everybody. I've totally botched this. Totally botched this. Can I can I add an honorable mention? Are you are, are you gonna are you gonna forgive me here? Are you gonna forgive me for an honorable mention? I was at this game too. I can't believe I omitted this. This isn't good. Can I have a can I have a one B and a one A? How did I forget this? This is the biggest. I've had a lot of failures. This is the biggest failure so far in my hosting career. 
I totally forgot about Lamont Wade's three-run homer against the A's to put them up against Lou Trevino. How did I not put that on there? Oh my goodness. Please forgive me. (laughs) If you're currently listening on the road right now, please forgive me for omitting that from my selections. Look, there are plenty of huge home runs. I can't believe I did that. I botched this entire segment. No, you know what? I'm going to put down the music. I'm so disappointed in myself. How am I supposed to go for another six and a half minutes here? All right, Triple A nine five seven nine five seven zero. Who do you want? Dodgers, Cardinals, go. <laughs> I'm so disappointed. I don't even have the home run ready. I'd love to play the highlight for you. I don't even have it ready. Oh, oh. I guess this is what happens when you do a solo show, huh? You know, these are the pitfalls. Hey, everybody, if you're tuned in on this random Wednesday on October 6th, you have seen my one of my biggest meltdowns. I might cry. I might cry. You know what? I need this to cheer me up because I don't have the highlight here, but those are my top five home runs. Buster Posey getting his second home run of the game back on April 20th. That proved to me that he was different. Mike Talkman, that grand slam that he had to make the Giants go up 6-4 early in the game, just because of everything that was going on with Mike Talkman, he had that robbed home run, and then he would follow it up with a grand slam to have the go-ahead, and especially the celebration, too. That was good enough for number four. Number three was Brandon Belt breaking the franchise record with 236 home runs total for the team with his multi-homer day back on September 25th. Wilmer Flores' go-ahead home run against the Dodgers was good enough for number two. See, I'm starting to get choked up. Then Mike Yastrzemski, that grand slam against the Diamondbacks was number one. But then Lamont Wade Jr.'s three-run homer against the A's when they had that comeback and they didn't even deserve to win the game. How did I omit that? Ugh. All right, here we go. From the 510, I think I found my new doghouse. It's you, Mr. Nice Guy. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. That's okay. But I'm going to play this to cheer me up because last night we did have the ALT, uh, the American League wild card. And I want to know from you at 888-957-9570 at the text line or the phone number. I want to know from you, who do you want? Who do you want? Dodgers, Cardinals. Let's get serious here for the final five minutes as I try and make up for whatever I just did in those uh, those last ten. But this happened in the AL wildcard game last night as the Red Sox won it 6-2. to two. But this happened in the top of the first where Giancarlo Stanton, who had a fantastic game. Overall, he went 3-4. for four. But Giancarlo Stanton crushes one. And everyone thinks in the top of the first, that's going over the green monster. And this is the call from ESP, uh, ESPN here with Matt Vaskersian. And a guy who has struggled mightily looking. Oh, he got another one. He got another one. No, it's off the monster. And the highlight was over after that because it was just a single. And that's how the call is supposed to be. No, it's off the monster. So you ended up being a single, a very long single. But then you go to the Yankees broadcast to John Sterling, and we already saw him earlier this year call a home run for Aaron Judge, but it was actually a replay that it was seeing on his monitor, so nothing was actually happening in the game. But he had another moment last night with John Carlos Stanton in the top of the first. The pitch to Stanton. Drove, there it goes. Deep left. It is high. It is far. It is gone. Out of the ballpark. A Stantonian home run. Now, what, what, did, what did I do wrong? What did I see wrong? 
He's at first base. <laughs> yes, he is. Because <laughs> the ball went off the top of the wall. <laughs> Didn't end up making it over. Oh, man. Poor John Sterling. All right, final three minutes here for the show because we do have the National League wild card tonight, and I want to know from you, Dodgers or Cardinals, 888-957-9570, who do you want to see the Giants face in the National League Division Series? And me, I want the Dodgers. I want the Dodgers. Not only do I want the Dodgers just because of the... The potential for it to be the only time where they can play this series against their rival. Not only because they've just been go- been neck and neck through the entire stretch run here, it's just win after win after win. Each you know the Dodgers win, the Giants win, the Dodgers lose, the Giants win, then the Giants lose, the Dodgers win. It's been going back and forth all the way up until game one sixty two. I want to see them in a five game series because that's the only appropriate way to end it. But in a weird way. I feel much better about playing the Dodgers in a five-game series knowing, like for example with that Wilmer Flores go-ahead home run, knowing that the Giants can beat them, right? Knowing that the Giants have knowledge of the team, but also Max Muncie, the guy who's been killing the Giants all season, he's not He's not going to be in. He's not going to be in the wild card, and he's not going to be in the NLDS. If they make it any further, we'll see. Uh, but they're not going to have Max Muncy. And on the opposite side of that, I understand they got the starting pitching. But on the opposite side of that, with the Cardinals, you got two guys. You got two guys in Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt, who Arenado with his time in the color with uh, in his during his time with the Colorado Rockies, and Paul Goldschmidt during his time with the Arizona Diamondbacks have been giant killers, killers. I don't want to see either of those two in a five-game series. I'm more scared of the Cardinals than I would be of the Dodgers going into this one. Now, I understand the starting pitching, but hey, you can't knock what's going on with the Cardinals and their starting pitching, too. There's a reason why they gave Adam Wainwright yet another contract so that he can be there in his age 40 season. You know, they, they got good players as their starting pitchers, as their top three. So, look, man, they got Jack Flaherty. Uh, J.A. Happ has actually been very good. I know you're thinking, J.A. Happ, why are you scared of J.A. Happ? But he's been very good as of late. Man, I I think that if the Cardinals do win this game tonight, I think they'd be more of a challenge to beat in the NLDS than the Dodgers. I really do. I really do. We're getting here from the 510 Cardinals by Dodgers from the 925. Dodgers, because we faced them plenty of times this year and owned them. And on a side note, the Niners need to pick up Gilbert. The Patriots released them. Also for the 5-1-0, the Dodgers know the Giants better than the Giants know. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode. And catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.